Should we open in prayer? Yes, sir. I think we always should. So, and I just keep it simple. And that <laughs> is, great Father in heaven, I ask that you cleanse my heart. I could come before you with the right heart, sir. And I just ask right now, sir, that if there be anything in my life that would stop your Holy Spirit from flowing through the three of us, and if there be anything that would put a wedge and a wall between you and me, I ask you to remove it. For you alone, to quote that Lauren Daigle girl, you alone hold the power to redeem. And I figure she probably got it out the book. So that's what we ask, sir, that you redeem this uh, moment in time. And help us, sir, to represent you well. And my number one prayer always is, sir, don't let me help me to not rep misrepresent you. In your great name and every bit of it for your glory. Amen. I was thinking today, I thought maybe I'd start with something pretty simple that might be a foundation we can build on. And it's been uh, just the past few months, something that just kind of sits there, it stays there, is my complete inability to please God. That... I could see that about you. No matter what, yeah. It's not, it's not hidden. <laughs> and uh, I remember something my dad did as an example. He got a cup of water and put the water in like filtered water. This is the, you know, this is iceberg water from Switzerland or whatever. And would you drink this? Yeah. This is clean water. Yeah. Then he, he takes the a dropper. He's like, this is toilet water. And he puts just one drop in. Like, now, is this water clean? Would you drink this? And it was just an example of the way that uh, sin in our life, you know, are, are we still clean to God? Are we still able to please God? Is this still something that he can take delight in? And, and really, the answer is, is no. And when he set up those offerings for the Israelites and he gave them all the instructions and all of the rules and all of that, he still said at the end, I will see it as a, a pleasing aroma. I will accept it. So he's making a promise that he's going to choose to take delight in that. It's not, it's not what he takes delight in by itself, but I'm going to choose and I'm going to count it as righteousness for you. And when later on, when the prophets, I, I think we already said, you know, they were saying, stop bringing meaningless offerings, because without that heart set the right way, it doesn't mean anything. And he's always been a, a state of our heart. Is your heart broken? Is it open? And it doesn't matter what I'm doing, how much I'm doing, or how little I'm doing for God. It doesn't matter how I feel about myself or how I'm doing, but it's that state of heart. And on one side, it's the comfort of knowing I feel useless and terrible, but I know that God sees my heart, and I know that he chooses to take the light of me. And on the other side, when I'm feeling like I'm doing something great, I have to remember, this doesn't matter. This, this work that I'm doing isn't what God's after. And it, it's never going to be enough to please him. It's my heart and doing doing in the work but remembering that it's that state of heart that pleases God or that causes him to <laughs> not take delight in the work that I'm doing even if it seems like a great Christian work. Ain't there a passage in the book that says these folk are 
I can't remember exactly they how come there to me with their lips, with their with lips their but their hearts are far from me. Yeah. He sees the God we can't see sees what we can't see. You know what I'm saying? You see? So, <laughs> and I was thinking about that on the way here, you know, because I was trying to, have we, something, have we done a disservice to folk? To say, if you all come down front, put your, raise your right hand and repeat after <laughs> me and say a prayer. And folk think they walked out and they was good to go. Because the book does say, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus died on that cross and believe in your heart mm -hmm. that his father raised him from the dead. But Jesus said to old Nick, Nicodemus, the rabbi that, you know, was college professor, old Nick, taught at Old Miss on the southern side of Israel, you know. That's where they had that fellow from the south of Israel. You ever read that in, it's in Numbers, and they named these guys, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and, and you know what Numbers is about, right? Yeah. It's a book of sex. Because so-and-so begat so-and-so. Look at you ain't begetting if you ain't begetting. You see what I'm saying? And only you begetting somebody is if you begetting something or somewhere. You see what I'm saying? So, but there was one old boy you could tell you knew he was from, had to be from the southern part of Israel. Because his name was a nub. You know, and then fellas, you see him around the neighborhood and say, say, boy, that boy of yours, he sure ain't much, is he? He's, no, he's just a nub, you know. <laughs> it's in the book. That's the guy's name. I didn't make that up. You know, <laughs> I'm off the track there. Jesus saying to old Nick, he said, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That's Jesus saying that. That's quoting him, too. I'm pretty sure I got that one right. A man cannot enter heaven unless you be born again. Now, let me ask you something. If, if you are, if you, you, you went down front and you did a repeat after me prayer, but then you walk across the street the next day and you cuss the wallpaper off the wall, or you go out in the parking lot and you're a woman, you beat up on your husband. You know what I'm saying? Or you foul-mouthing or you gossiping about, or you doing this or you doing that. You doing stuff that comes under the straight under the Ten Commandments. The, the, thou shalt not. Yeah. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You shall make, not make false accusation. But you going out and doing that, have you been born again? Well, I wouldn't. I, I would be careful about. I know you would. Placing it as as sin because the because there is a process. And we're not supposed to being renewed conform, and regenerated. conform to, to rules, but allow the Spirit to work that out in our hearts. And for some people, you know, they might be smoking 10 years later, and God is working on their heart. And at some point, He's going to say, this is, is not helping you. <laughs> Somewhere in the, the, the Bible don't say, thou shalt not smoke. Yeah. But I'm saying if we're looking at just those outward expressions where we're... It, so I it, didn't it get there, gets, but I, yeah. I was going to get there. But, okay. But I got but, sidetracked uh, by a nub. <laughs> <laughs> but I like... Because it has to enter into the heart. And that confession has to turn into a song, a speech. Your 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 expression of God in you has to continue in, instead of just that one moment of agreeing with I, I agree with you sin is sin it's sin man no matter what you do mm -hmm. and when you and i sin something's got to die because the wages of sin is death mm -hmm. but the beauty of that is is when we get humble quick and we go back to jesus christ and we say i'm sorry i was a bonehead when you found me and i'm still a bonehead <laughs> jesus like look i already was ready i've been waiting for you to say that because the forgiveness was here waiting for you mm -hmm. and my desire to restore was waiting for you all i was waiting was for you to get humble because that's my hardest to forgive my hardest to restore mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying so that wedge don't have to 
to stay there. And yes, there are things in our lives that we got to surrender as we go along. But it all comes down to surrender. Am I willing to surrender my heart, who I really am, and give up my right to be in control? Mm-hmm. Right, when I do that, born again can happen. And change comes. And if I'm changing, you should be able to see it in my life and hear it out my mouth. If this gets heart changed, this starts working different, and this starts behaving different. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And yeah, there's some of it maybe you ain't. My old man told me a story about this, uh, this old boy that he, he became a Christian. Said he believed in God and everything lined up in his life. But he couldn't quit smoking. Now, the Bible don't say thou shalt not smoke. Mm-hmm. All right, but he couldn't quit smoking. And he'd tell you straight out he knew it was wrong. Mm-hmm. But he never gave it up. And in the end, the man got to cancer and died from it. Mm-hmm. Had he been willing to give it up, Surrender it to God. He might not have. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He got to die of something, but he might not have died of that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So if you're willing to give it up and let God make the change, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. I was struggling with this on the way here. Because, oh, wait a minute. How can I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ died on that cross if it ain't in my heart? Because out of the abundance of the heart. Because I mean, the word abundance means a lot. Out of the fullness. If your heart is full of the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit stuff's going to come out your mouth. If there's trash, if there's contamination in the water, there's going to be some contamination coming out. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So the best you and I can do, and here's where you get where you, you can't do it on your own. The best you and I can do is surrender to God. Surrender to the Holy Spirit and let him make that change. Mm-hmm. Because we cannot, you're right, we can't get there on our own. We can't be righteous on our own. He's holy on a level that we can't comprehend. The only way we get righteous is if he declares us to be so. Yeah. You and see the, what I'm saying? The system of coming front, raising your hand, saying, repeating the prayer is really based on our desire to be able to count. I got this many people saved in this service. There you go. This many people were, and without that desire, what happens naturally, what is understood naturally, is the need for discipleship. They're here, they're feeling that response, they're saying a prayer, and that means it's time to minister to them and carry them through. But when it's like, hey, big name preacher's here, and... I got to justify my ministry now. Yeah. I got to, oh, you know. I'm worth the, the $10,000 this church is paying me to be here. Yeah. I'm going to get this many people saved. And the reality but, is you didn't get nobody saved because mm-hmm. you can't save nobody. Can't nobody come <laughs> but the Holy Spirit draw them. You know, my, I got a brother there. I said, well, look, man, you're just trying to go fishing without casting a net. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't cast a net. I'm a fisher's of man, but I put that net in the deep where he tells me to put it. If he ain't told me to go put out and put it in the deep, then you better stay on the shore and mend the net. Because I'll tell you, rowing for nothing. You see what I'm saying? When he says, go on out there in the deep and put the net, net out, then go on and do it. Follow him. Do It'll go when the quarterback says go. You see what I'm saying? If, I realize this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died on that heart or on that cross, when you do that, what are you confessing? You are confessing he died on that cross for me. I should have been the one there. There it means when you confess that he died on that cross, you are recognizing your guilt, your inability to please God. When you confess that he died on that cross 
you are recognizing that should have been me. Guess what? That just happened. You just got humble. And God said, now I'll draw near to the humble. Oh, by the way now, boy, if you believe in your heart that I raised him from the dead, I'll raise you too. I'll raise you too. You see, and at that point it becomes, do you trust me, boy? Do you trust me? Once I trust him, now it becomes a love relationship. Because you can't have love without trust. Yeah. You can't have you can't have trust without love. You see what I'm saying? I had a a picture of I was thinking about thinking about a process somebody's going through and I just had a picture of a person grasping the edge of a cliff, like dangling over the cliff, and then the Holy Spirit comes and they're saying, you know, pick me up, put me back on the cliff, and this Holy Spirit's like picking up their fingers one by one and they're like yeah. hanging on for dear life. And he's like, underneath you, I put your feet on the rock. It's not white empty air. And and we still have that, like like Peter, where he was right there with Jesus, but when he took his eyes off, he started to sink. Wow. And it's that, that level of trust that we are attached to, you know, my my bank account or my job or my, if I have this, I feel secure. And he has to, in that process, Lift those fingers up one by one till we're, till we either realize, oh, he put my feet on the rock and this is what my stability, this is my source, or we <laughs> freak yeah. out and and realize because there really is nothing under our feet if we're not looking at God. It's a guy hanging from the vine on the cliff, and he shouts, <laughs> "Somebody save me!" And God hollers down from the clouds, "Just let go, of the, let go of the vine!" <laughs> and the guy's like. Is there anybody else up there? <laughs> <laughs>